Hey, Nowata, I'm Jeffrey Rickman. I'm the pastor here at Nowata Methodist Church. And from time to time, I'm able to sit down with local people and uh, on behalf of this church, trying to be salt and light to the community of Nowata, kind of promote some good things going on. So I've been able to sit down with the Nowata Beautification Committee people, Splash Pad, Boys and Girls Club, uh, the new superintendent, Tim Simpson. If you haven't seen any of that stuff, check out our channel. Uh, I feel good about it. I, I hope it's good for the community. Today, I'm really happy to have another local guest, Mr. Dane Warner, uh, here with us today. He's the owner of uh, Dane Warner Audio Video. He's also the producer of End of the Road Productions. Uh, he is he uh, has uh, worked with another local, Chuck Price Jr., to create a new video, um, Full Court Press, The Ken Zacker Story, dealing with some local history, true history, that a lot of people here don't necessarily know. I, I think the local paper just recently... Uh, talked about it some, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about local NOWATA history. We're going to talk about how our history is impacting us today. Should be a very interesting conversation, so I should probably stop talking and let you start talking. Dane, so glad to have you here with me today. Thank how you, are Rick. you? I'm great. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. Helping us promote this film we're doing. Well, it's timely because just this Saturday, you guys are doing the, the big premiere, and, and uh, we want to make sure people know about it and what it's about and how they can watch it so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the movie a bit and then we'll end the the conversation with how it is that the local community can can okay. support you so so that people don't know or so they do know if they don't know you did you grow up in the area are you a no water person yes, what's sir. your background here yes sir yes I'm from no water I moved here in the sixth grade and graduated here in 81 and so we've uh, my parents bought a, a small farm out west of no water and my mom still lives out there on that property now you know, I've been out to that property as a firefighter. Y'all had oh. a uh, car catch fire, and we had to go out there and put it out. That was my truck. That was your truck, yeah. I, I well, you're welcome. It was too late, you. but, uh, you know, <laughs> glad to put it out for you. Yeah, I pulled out in some tall grass, not thinking about the Cadillac converter and, and uh, <laughs> walking down, checking some fence line, and heard a noise turn around, and my truck was burning to the ground. Uh, uh, well, I, of course, your mother is a devout woman and, and widely known and respected here, and, and yeah, you— uh, you have family around here. I'm pretty sure you have nieces and nephew in school here. Yes, yes. Of course, we, growing up here, my parents had a, a boat store here on the corner of Highway 169 and 60 for 34 years called Boat Brokers. A okay. lot of people back in the days knew that, so we were on the corner for a long time, grew up in the boat business. And a lot of people knew my dad, Chuck Warner, my mom, Eudora Warner. And uh, and now, uh, yes, I've got some great nephews and niece, nieces the, in this area. Mm. Yep. I've been been right here a long time. You said you graduated high school in eighty one. Yes, sir. Okay, so the the you were not born yet. Whenever the uh, Ken Zacker story was taking place in real life, I was born. I just wasn't here. I was born in sixty three. But yeah, I was so. But I wasn't around here when it okay. happened. Okay. No. Okay. Well, it's a lot of really interesting history, and you got a lot of interesting people to help you tell that story. Uh, mm -hmm. Local people. So we already talked about Chuck Price Jr but also uh, relatives of one of the main figures in the Ken Zacker story. Uh, mm. Let's see, Brenda Yursa and Marcus Yursa are from the, Yur I think uh, Vicky was the name of the Yursa who's tied in that story, right? right? Vicky was the sophomore candidate that ended up walking with Dale Martin, uh, the, the homecoming king. So, yeah, so she's, the Yursa family's been really involved. You know, it wasn't just because of their family connection, but they, no. they jumped in because they, Marcus, of course, is in the filmmaking uh industry also and mm -hmm. but, but yeah there was some personal ties there that made the jump in i didn't know brenda um 
I didn't very much at all until she jumped in and her incredible talent. Of course, the mm-hmm. town has seen her incredible talent with the beautification committee right, going yeah. on. And uh, but Brenda, not only did she, you know, she talked about how much she learned about the the film industry by working. You know, Chuck is uh, definitely the master of so many things that he taught a lot of us about. But she learned a lot that she didn't know about. But then her natural skills came in. She actually did an original art piece that we're going to be selling some of her prints at the premiere. Uh, that was and we're real proud of that. So, oh, great. So yeah, you had her and um, and her son Marcus. You also had another local Arrowbrag Sutton. Uh, Marcus was a camera camera operator. He did a lot of other things. Brenda was the art director. Arrow was uh, assistant art director. Um, Chuck Price, of course, was the director of the whole movie. And mm-hmm. um, were there any other locals that were tied into <clears throat> production? I'm gonna get myself in trouble if I don't yeah. remember them. But uh-huh. there there were a lot of the local people that jumped in in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think that was probably the main ones that were on the crew. A lot of people from Bartlesville, but we had Tulsa and Oklahoma City come up. A lot of people wanted to work with Chuck because he's he uh, he does have quite a history in the industry. But but then I, I don't want to discount the people around town that offered their uh, facilities for us to film in. Um, you know, the Slow Acres, uh, the, the uh, ice cream shop. Oh, really? Um, Y'all filmed something in there? Yeah, we got some scenes in there and some different places around town, the, uh, and of course the high school allowed us to film in the gym, and they were very uh, helpful and, and, uh, and courteous to us on that. And so, and, you know, everything, even we had an event, I guess two and a half years ago now, that we had in the old high school gym where a lot of this story went and uh, occurred. And we had almost 250 people come from all over the United States uh, to tell their stories, to be interviewed, but... The big thing about that was the story part in Nowata. There was a lot of healing that still needed to be done, and we got everybody in the same room. They were able to talk it out. The tears that flowed, the hugs, the uh, it was a healing day that was unbelievable, and it, it was wonderful. But you know, we had local uh, people supply uh, different things for us for that. In fact, somebody from your church we just mentioned, um, yeah, Vicky and Curtis. Yeah, they provide. Mendel. Yeah. They provide all the meat for that for that event, so we appreciate that. So yeah, a lot of people in Nowata jumped in and helped us. Did you say the cameras were on during that time of healing? Yep. Well, yep. that's pretty cool. Is and so that's part of this film. Um, none of that made it into the documentary, okay. but we do have it out there. Um, I think on Vimeo or also possibly YouTube channel. It's about a three-hour video, so it's a long one because we it's a rough you know rough footage. We didn't edit all that together. We just put the rough footage out and put that, that was a good day. Well, I think if, if I was a person watching this and I didn't already know the Ken Zacker story, perhaps it'd be helpful to have you summarize kind of what, what this movie is about. It, it deals with big national issues, but it, it, a lot of things kind of came together in Nowata at one time around right. a gentleman named Ken Zacker. He was a local coach. Take it from there. All right. So Ken Zacker um, came to Nowata in 67, 68, uh, the season, uh, we, uh, Ken was a phenomenal coach and uh, he was young, but he, um, no one had a good coach right before, uh, he was here. And, and matter of fact, that coach is going to be at the premiere. And that was a big, exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and cause there was a good program in place. So we don't want to say that Ken Zacker just completely turned the program around, but he did. Uh, was a very good coach, took him to the state tournament for the first time in a long time. But he also, uh, like a lot of coaches back then, that he was 
working with some of the desegregation issues, and uh, he wasn't alone in that. But the the sports seemed to bring the kids together. Um, and then, so he, but he was also a stern man. He, uh, he was hard-headed, and I say that in a good way and also in a bad way sometimes. He, um, he was a winning uh, coach, and so he got a lot of the support. A lot of the town was behind him, most of the school. And, but he could rub you wrong. You know, he, like I said, being kind of hard-headed, and uh, I know he rubbed the administration wrong a few times and butted heads on a couple issues. And, uh, but overall, he did a lot of great things for the program. But we did have that incident, uh, which a lot of people, when I first started doing this, the research on this, they, they were concerned about, are we bringing up something we really need to leave in the past? Mm-hmm. But it was the incident uh, in the homecoming issue that when we elected a black captain and we had a white queen and there were some things about that that, that uh, unfortunately had people had to take sides on it. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, the, what has been really good about this part of the story is so much of it has been told wrong over the years. It's been passed over and people said, oh, yeah, this happened, that happened, and we found out it never did happen. You know, that when you're able to really go back and interview all the people, I've interviewed over 120 people in this process. Oh, wow. Um, and actually say, okay, what really happened? What was really said? This and that. And so um, people like to talk about the ugly and not talk about the good most of the time. And that's what's been passed on and passed on. You know, real quickly, the, um, you know, the, the talk about Vicki uh, year, so she was a sophomore candidate. Um, the senior candidate uh, decided not to walk with Dale, and the junior didn't, so it passed on to Vicki. Dale was the African-American right, that was Dale, supposed to Dale uh, was, kiss the the queen right so there was this miscegenation concern at the time right. and so vicky stepped up yeah, martin and of course vicky and on the documentary she said we were never going to kiss there was never a kiss there was never going to be a kiss there was never what there was never going to be a kiss when soon as dale was elected uh captain that was talked about and dale in fact he's on the documentary he said i'm the first one to say throw the kiss out you know I, this ain't gonna work and so the kids kind of had it worked out okay but there was still concern, and so uh, coach was. They asked, might they might just get caught up in the moment. And kiss. I don't know, but <laughs> but you know, but the coach was asked to replace Dale with a white captain. Uh, and but Dale, man, what a great guy! In his interview, he uh, he said, "Look, um, the the senior candidate and I were still friends after this. Mm-hmm. I never had one hard feelings against her. Mm-hmm. Her parents." think had some concerns, but I never had one hard feeling against her parents. You know, he understood there was a little different time back then. There wasn't that big harshness, and yet there was a few people in town that turned it into that, and that's that's what happened. Um, even though he was asked to step down, and the coach stood his, stood on ground and said, no, we're going to keep our captain. But the big part of it is there wasn't this anger and hatred that everybody seemed to think was going on back then. Yeah, that this so TJ producer here behind the camera with me. We and went over to the First Baptist Church um, on the other side of Mississippi, traditionally black church. Sat down with Gary Gibson, who is now our city mayor, mm-hmm. and he and and Melva Hill gave an interview talking about their history of uh, the Lincoln School, which was the right. segregated school before integ- integration in, in Nowata. And according to them, according to a number of other. Um, people in town I've talked to over the years, the the integration of black and white in this town 
didn't seem to carry a lot of the same heat and resentment that it did in a lot of American towns. Um, and I say that while simultaneously, after we turned the cameras off, TJ and I, do you remember this? We sat down with Gary and he was telling us that whenever this stuff around Ken Zacker started blowing up, the Black Panthers got uh, called into town and the KKK got yep. called into town. Yep. It's his story to tell, but he uh, was a little boy living in uh, Alloway, old Alloway, and got uh, to see a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff in the black community as they escalated to meet the, the the KKK threat. Right. Which, you know, it just sounds nuts to talk about today. That was only 50 years ago on these same streets with a lot of the same people that are alive today. But uh, as you're sitting here talking to me, you're telling me that even in the midst of that, the vast majority of the town was not at all caught up in no, these no, flames I, of racial anxiety. I say that uh, as the story started to build and as the TV cameras started coming into town and the rumors started flying, yeah, there a lot of the town was kind of caught up in it, but they weren't taking like hard sides. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make light that yes, there were there were racial divisions back then. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about it; it seemed to not not be Alabama or whatever. But you know, there there was there was no doubt there were things that people had to work on. But the whole thing is is it 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 seemed like that after homecoming was over and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. You know, on the documentary, you'll hear the kids talking about. We were told to watch for guns. We heard the assassination attempts. We mm. were, you know, we're trying to have homecoming, and we're wondering if we're going to get shot. But everything, everything went fine. And then, you know, the, but then because of all the uh, the heat between the administration and the coach, it went down. You know, if you if you rub the boss wrong too many times, you know, something's liable to happen. Right, yeah. And so we have very, very much tried to. Uh, um, give people the benefit of the doubt. The school board did what they needed to do. Uh, the superintendent, you know, he had a, someone to answer to also. Mm -hmm. uh, the beautiful part of Ken Zacker's wife on the documentary is when she said, I hate to give away all the nuggets, but she said, you know, she said, I, I think the superintendent was a really good man. Mm. I think he had a job to do, and maybe he was worried about his job. And he said, I know that would affect his family. She said, so, you know, it's, you see that part coming out, and that's what we're trying to get across more to people that there was the good side of things. You know, we weren't that angry. You know, now, now, yes, it was disappointing that Coach did get fired. Right. You know, and it was a a heated battle. The the school board uh, meeting that night had over six hundred people show up to it. Oh my! Um, so they couldn't hold it in the speech room like they normally do. They had to move to the gymnasium, and uh, six hundred people showed up. Um, it lasted just two o'clock in the morning. Mm. Yeah, it, it it was quite the deal. But then, uh, so, but then coach had to move on. Uh, he found the job in Leavenworth, Kansas. He was highly recommended. Ted Owens, which is Ted Owens, was the head coach of the University of Kansas basketball program in the '60s and early '70s. He was that's Kansas was one of the top programs in the whole country. Ted Owens is on our documentary. Uh, he'll be here Saturday night. Um, you know, he's, he's described Ken as one of the most brilliant high school coaches he'd ever seen. Um, he recommended Ken for the job in Leavenworth, Kansas. Mm -hmm. Now, unlike Nowata, Leavenworth hadn't had a winning season in, I think, 16 years. Okay. They had a horrible reputation up there. You know, they called the coach and said, here's, here's what we got. Now, Ted Owens had already recommended Ken Zacker for the job. And, mm -hmm. you know, everybody in Kansas, kind of like EF Hutton, everybody listens to Ted Owens back then. Okay. Um, but he said, you know, we have horrible race issues. We got the worst reputation. Um, 
when we go out of town, a lot of times we have to pull the bus right up to the gym. To We have to jump out and run to the doors because everyone's throwing bricks at us. There's games sometimes that we have to play without spectators in the stands because of the rides that would break out. Yikes. Everybody hates Leavenworth. We can't win. Our racial issues are off the chart, and we got the worst reputation. You want this job? <laughs> and Ken says, sound like a good job for me. Wow. He, go, he, yeah. go, he goes up there, and in the very first year, he goes 22-2 and two, or 22-3, and three, takes him to the state tournament, is runner-up. He doesn't quite win, but he also won the state sportsmanship award. Mm. He turned that program just completely around. He was a phenomenal coach, and that's a big part of the film. But then again, the the – the twist that I didn't know that this story was going to take is mm-hmm. that Ken suffered from mental illness his whole life. Mm. His sister that we went out to Alva and interviewed shared some insight in the family. And it, it just, there was always a little issue, but as he got a little bit older, mm-hmm. um, of course he didn't get that old. He committed suicide at age 36. Oh, wow. But he fought demons while he was here at Nowata. Um, he kept it under wraps pretty, pretty good. Um, the wife and daughter knew there was problems, and mm-hmm. it escalated as they went to Leavenworth. It got worse. And uh, so as I saw this story developing more, we have the three targets is racial equality, uh, suicide prevention, mental illness awareness. I did not know um, what a crisis this country, someone like you that's been in the trenches, you've seen the, the way this uh, problem has developed. I have now been changed. My eyes have been opened to how big of an issue mental illness is. And mm. now we're on the big, you know, we, we still want to work on our race issues. We still, there's still things there we need to work on. But we've been credited with saving one life so far. We have healed a lot of people. But we got to get to that next person before it's too late. And that's, that's our big mission right now with this film is those three points. I'm going to cover some ground I, I should have hit. Uh, on down the road, and we're going to come back to the mental health stuff. Okay. Um, so I, I did want to make sure everybody knew that this isn't a money-making venture on your no. part. This is something that that you and one or two other individuals have privately funded. It's um, the the film is not um, big Hollywood production. It's a uh, documentary with some uh, dramatic uh, biopic uh, mm-hmm. elements. Uh, very finely done, and we're going to watch part of a trailer here in a moment that, that gives a sampling of that. But so that people know that this is a labor of love and, and something that is done, uh, what I have assumed, I think rightly, out of a love for the area and, and a love for the story that needs to get yeah. told. You chose a time to do it right around uh, the BLM riots, mm-hmm. right <laughs> around resurgent racial anxiety in this country. I was raised by uh, people who... Uh, you know, my parents told me we were part of this project to to have a colorblind future where mm-hmm. race is just completely irrelevant and we're all part right. of the American melting pot. Right. And we've taken some steps back as a culture right now. Um, and you've already said you got some pushback on, hey, is it now the right time to be telling this story? Is this really a story that needs to get told? Um, what What was your hope? As you decided, okay, we're going to tell this story, and yeah, there's going to be some people who are tense, but we're going to go ahead with it. What what was the agenda there? It, it was, I mean, surely it wasn't just it's a story. I'm going to tell a story. What what about this story? Did you think really needed to get told? What what do you hope would be good and healing for whoever watches it? We talk about being timely, mm-hmm. and when I first, I didn't know I was going to go down this road, but I was driving around my hometown here uh, four four years ago, and I. 
and I love this town, and I have a lot of great memories. And so I just pulled off the side of the road over by the old water tower, and I just started writing down some memories I had, stories about myself, about my years in school. But then I started trying to think about other things I'd heard about No Water. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was at a point in my life where I was being saddened about our country. It seemed like we were step going backwards. Right. It seemed like everybody was mad at everybody, mm-hmm. depending on who you voted for. You know, and I've had a talk with my mom, and she watches this. She'll go, don't bring that up. You know, it depends on what political sign you had in your yard. Mm-hmm. You might not like that neighbor. You never even met that neighbor. Right. Um, it just seemed like, you know, what church are you going to? Well, if you don't go to a certain kind of church, well, and I, I was just like, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, we are going backwards a little bit here. Mm. And I said, I I want to do something. I was at, at a Bible study about that time by Bob, Bob Goff, and he was talking about uh, your aha moment. And I said, you're going to find that, whether it's going to change your household or you're going to change your town. And uh, I thought, I want to find that aha moment. And so as I was starting to write things down by the town, then I I heard a little bit about this story. I didn't know much. I always heard the kiss like you brought up. That never happened. But And so I made one phone call to a lady here in town that I had a feeling would know a lot about it, and she got me started. So then all of a sudden I found out the the uh, the mental illness side of it. I said, mm-hmm. this is a lot more than what I thought it was going to be. I guess to answer your question, yes, um, our mission statement through this whole uh, process was Ephesians 4.32. You just got to have forgiveness and compassion and love for each other, just like Christ has done the same for us. Mm. We can get in the room and talk it out. We've seen that happen. We've I've gotten groups that thought they were getting together to fight it out, and they end up, you know, just talking it out. Um, and so this country has a lot of issues, whether you've got somebody in your family that you know is struggling from mental illness, but they've never got help. Maybe you've been affected by suicide, and it's taken you down because you've never been able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing about the, the coach's daughter and, and his wife, his widow. They have suffered tremendously because they've bottled it up for and I can't give that part of the film away, but you talked okay. about a touching moment where uh, we helped them in such a way we never dreamed we would, and they're they're healing because of this film. So yeah, that I guess that's my my goal is uh, uh, we're all seemed we can have little things that kind of irk us now and then and kind of get us on a bandwagon. On the other side of it, uh, we all seem like want to not have the hatred, not want, you know, they, some people kind of live in the mud and they want to roll around in it, but mm-hmm. deep down, you know, they know it's not good for them. And mm-hmm. so there's all these issues that our country's having that I think that we can take a step back and say, you know, I know it's easy to say, can't we all just get along? But we can, mm. you know, we have a, we're very proud of the fact of what the mission statement of the film is, but after the film, we have a couple of short video tags, um, one from a mental illness um, agency that's letting them know that if you've been touched and you need to talk to somebody, we have counselors on site tonight. Mm. We have a couple of local ministers that's saying, you know, there's a lot of issues that divide us. <clears throat> Christ can find a way to bring us together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have... We're going to have prayer teams on site. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want, you know, again, just like if 
on Sunday morning, if you touch somebody, they need somebody to talk to you. You need to find get to them right then. Mm-hmm. Other than that, maybe we can find them next week. But we're we're serious about trying to impact and change some lives. That's incredible. Yeah, that's that's uh, having scripture as an orientation point, having the goal of actually benefiting lives as you tell a real story. That's that's a much bigger project than I think a lot of people infer on the front end of hearing about this production. So, right. well, let's let's take a moment just to to look at some of the footage you guys put together a three and a half minute trailer where let's watch one minute of it and then we'll have a link to it for anybody who watches this if you want to watch the full trailer just to kind of get a a fuller sense for what's going on but I selected just right in the middle where some of the drama picks up so let's watch uh, a minute of that and then we'll talk a little bit more about mental health and spirituality okay actually there was no issue until we had the nerve to elect a black captain then it became an issue and I'm like for me and uh but it, but, but it set it set it off right there, throw the kiss out, and it was me that said that. Whispering to ourselves, would we be shocked? I knew it was coming. I knew something was coming. Do whatever you got to do to get rid of those coaches. Daddy! Daddy! The reports of the abuse of coaches' sixth grade daughter, these are all things that you would never think would happen. But did. About 10 years old, I used to wish he would go away because he was so scary. So, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll put the link to that on, on uh, wherever we post this. But um, it obviously starts with the racial stuff. You actually get to see uh, Cross getting bur- burned on his, his lawn, but um, uh, it turns to the mental health stuff as well. As I, you know, uh, you talked about me being in the trenches. I really, there are pastors that do a lot more in this area than I do. But of course, you can't really be anywhere in America and not deal with uh, pervasive anxiety and depression, a lot of um, antisocial disorders, autism, Asperger's. Uh, There's just a lot of this that, uh, with the rise of the mental health field, it doesn't seem to me like it's going down. It actually seems like it's growing and, and getting worse. There's a lot of money from outside of this town that comes in to fund not just DHS, which deals with that, but Grand Lake Mental Health uh, Clinic. Mm-hmm. So um, seeing that, you know, there's always been mental health issues uh, going back, you know, forever, but um, the awareness in our country being, you know, shell shock after World War One and then mm. Uh, Vietnam depression and, and homelessness and all these things. We, we continue to create a, a bigger lexicon, a bigger understanding about it. And then there's just the, the, the root res- reflexive, we can't have people killing themselves. We can't have people suffering. We've got to do something. So as you dealt with this particular story, did you feel like you got any insight or wisdom about where our country is right now, where our culture is right now, what it is that needs to change, what it is that people need to know? Anything around that? You know, I <clears throat> I think it is getting out there better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And yet, my take right now is it's still in the shadows. It's still not being talked about. All of our issues, you know, you think there's groups that seem to elevate it for a couple of months or something, uh, but um, I think the big part of the country still kind of takes care of their own daily life activities, takes care of their small circle of family and friends. I think, and of course, there, there are people there that, that get more active in trying to, you know, help out a certain cause. But um, 
I guess I'm looking at more, looking in the mirror more than anybody right now. I feel like I need, you know, I have work, I have work that I, I need to do personally still mm. in certain areas. I've been very open about how much this has changed me. And, and uh, as I've looked at myself, uh, way I've, I guess being real honest, you know, I don't feel like I was ever racist, but I had some prejudice in me. Mm-hmm. I did. And I'm trying to be open about that. And I, it's been really good to, to see the change in that. And I, so, so and I've seen that with a lot of people in the immediate circles and the, the crew uh, has changed a lot. So I, I think it's just a matter of, of uh, each individual can, you know, take a look in the mirror there and, and work on themselves, work on the immediate people, and then maybe we can move on to the neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you have, we, we started, you know, with this question, why did you decide to tell this story? And the concern was largely around American national social fabric, but, you know, you're retelling this story about Nowata, in Nowata, with mm-hmm. Nowata people. How much overlap do you feel like there is between today's Nowata and the Nowata a half century ago where all this happened? Do you feel like there's anything particular to this story that's particular to this area, or do you feel like you were just dealing with larger things that really apply everywhere? I think there's um, every community, I think, has made headway if you want to look at back then, and then some people say, oh, I haven't made that much, haven't made enough. Um, the whole thing about Nowata in general uh, you mentioned earlier that you know that you, from what you've talked to people that maybe it wasn't such a hostile environment as other parts of the country, and uh, and I, I think that's true. I think there's uh, back to possibly a handful of people in any issue, but uh, Nowata is a is a wonderful town, and I've tried to get that. When we first started this, I've got, I had some opposition. I had some phone calls. I had some emails, and I understood that. All I wanted to say, tell people is I absolutely understand your concern. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I've already learned enough to know that this is something you're going to be proud of when we're done and how we're telling it, mm-hmm. how we're not dragging people through the mud. We're just trying to, it is, a, it is a good story. It's an entertaining story just from a sports point of view. Okay. From the basketball, he's a wonderful coach, and he did some great things, and how he influenced people comes across very well. Um, but it's it's definitely something that uh, we can't be afraid to talk about history. Mm-mm. We can't we, you know it. You know, there's a story here, and and to me, it was very relevant. And I would I would think that we had ninety percent support from most people in town, and they said let's let's get this thing told, and. Understandably, there were so few people that were concerned, but uh, I just can't wait for the people to come. And I've reached out to a lot of the families. I've I've got through to most of them, mm-hmm. and most of them have already got that sense of relief. And I'm not going to say certain names of certain families, but they uh, one in particular is a huge supporter of the film now. When they saw that we actually cleared up some uh, misbeliefs that was told about the family, and they said. Thank you. That's more like it. Sure, yeah. And now they're, they can't wait. They're trying to get as many people to the film as they can. And and so I, I hope that gets back to people. Yeah, yeah. the saying is um, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's uh, – uh, uh, we like to imagine we can move on without a deal, dealing with what happened, but that just causes uh, scar tissue. Yep. You know, you, you got to have to properly dress a wound. So. Yeah. Hopefully that's the impact that it has. It, it, seem, it sounds like it's pretty clear to everybody who's participated in it that 
but that's the direction it's gone. Oh, I tell you, it's back to the people that's worked so hard. And you were talking about we didn't have funding for this. Yes, it was a, uh, a small budget or zero budget, if you want to call it. But because of everybody worked so hard, we was mm-hmm. able to keep the expenses down. But uh, I've mentioned this several times in about every interview I, that how it's touched the people that worked on it. There were so many times that uh, we looked around the room and the crew was just crying. Mm. They And we had to stop rolling because they, they, they couldn't look through the lens. They were crying. We we had to stop because the emotions were getting too too tough. And when they saw what a good thing we were doing and how they would come up to me and say, we're doing a great thing here, aren't we? We're changing lives. We're helping somebody because they'd see the people on the camera healing right in front of us. Mm. Uh, yeah, they there was many moments like that. Excellent. It was good. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, before the interview, I was going through your, your content online and I went through Facebook, went through your website. One of the promotional things that you have is the pastors of, uh, Spirit Church and, uh, Bartlesville Wesleyan Church. I'm forgetting their names, but both of them got to see an early screening of it and they Mm -hmm. were praising it, high praise and advocating, encouraging people to come see it. Um, while we've been talking here and now, you've you've cited scripture. You've talked about being in a Bible study. It, it seems pretty clear to someone who's paying attention that um, there's there's a way in which you're hoping to to impact things, not just for the better in a, mm. a vague general sense, but this is engaged with faith and the Christian faith in particular. It would seem. So, is there any way in which you're hoping that this makes a contribution to the local? Christian life or Christian values or churches or have have you had any coherent uh, thoughts that you could talk about now around that? Sure. You know, you're talking about uh, we had a small screening just to get honest feedback, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we think we see how it looks, to, but we want to get people's opinion. We wanted also to get, get it out there that this was a very family-friendly film, but it did have a, a good message to it. And so you mentioned there were a couple of pastors that said, we saw it, we'd like to, we'd like to help you promote this. And so they did a great job. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was Pastor Joe Kolaw uh, from uh, First Westland and uh, then Jason Fullerton from Spirit Church. They, uh, and, uh, but they, uh, they could see how, how this could change some lives. And so back to um, what can we do from a, Christian faith point of view, you know, I, you know, I realize, and I've had people talk about this, that there's, there's forgiveness in a lot of faiths, mm-hmm. you know, um, a lot of religions. Oh, sure. Talk yeah. about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do feel like, you know, I have my personal faith, you know, I'm a Christian, and I do believe that, uh, that Jesus is the answer to a lot of our problems and how we can get healing through him. Mm. Um, you know, the, this pastor shot uh, also a video that we'll be showing at the end. That's to say, you know, there's help here. There's professional help from men, from mental uh, illness agencies. There's spiritual help, like I think I already mentioned. But um, yeah, Jesus found a way to heal a lot of the tensions between mm-hmm. societies. You know, he he bridged the gap. There were racial issues back then, no doubt, mm-hmm. and he was. Uh, uh, yeah, anybody who wants to check that out, look out the story of the Syrophoenician woman. That's, there you go. That's a good one right there. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of racial issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there was mental illness back then. Uh, you know, one of Jesus' disciples uh, was so distraught 
for what he had done. He went out and committed suicide. Right. And, uh, no, it's, there's issues that will come along and, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of us, some of us can very easily relate that it might be something you're born with. It might be a chemical imbalance or it might be a life event, Mm. you know, that takes you down. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, there's hope. Well, there's, you know, the, 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 Premiere is going to be this Saturday over at uh, where in Bartlesville? At the Bartlesville Community Center, the big performing arts center right downtown. Okay. And uh, we, it's been amazing the turnout. Um, last time I heard, we had about nine hundred tickets sold, which is oh wow past our you know response. That place will hold a lot of people, but we knew we originally was going to have it at the Circle Cinema, but we we knew we'd outgrow it too mm-hmm. fast. And, yeah. Because they only hold two hundred people in their largest theater, and so but the community center is a beautiful facility. Uh, we've got a tremendous amount of people that's coming from all over the country that's going to be here again to see each other. Uh, we have, uh, we're not trying to play big Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We're trying to say thank you. Uh, you it starts at 6 o'clock, and that's when the we start bringing the limos in for the red carpet arrival. Oh, my. Uh, people say, is that kind of funny? Because everybody's going to be down front talking, and we're going to say, okay, you guys go out back and get the limo and come back around the front door so we can holler for you. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be a fun thing. A lot of the kids that were in this film, because we had a lot of small kids, mm-hmm. uh, they're so excited about being in the limos. The little girls are buying dresses, and but the big girls are buying dresses too. And so we sure. we have a red carpet arrival uh, around six fifteen. Uh, we'll go into the big auditorium, hopefully by six thirty, get the film started. Um, after the film, we're going back down front. Uh, there'll be a question and answer session, uh, meet and greet. And there'll be some more testimonies. There are going to be a lot of people. Some of the people we interviewed that didn't make it, you know, we, unfortunately we had to make some hard choices what to sure. cut out yeah. to, to keep it to two hours. Mm-hmm. But there'll be some testimonies going on down front, and you'll get to meet some really neat people that's coming in. So uh, are there, is it packed now, or can people still get tickets oh, if no, they want no. to come? No, that's the beauty part. It's going to be pretty packed down front, I'll, we'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, no, there's plenty of tickets because that place holds 1,800 people. So we, If somebody wants to buy a ticket, where do they go? You go to the Bartlesville Community Center. It's the box office. You can do it online okay. or go in person. Perfect. But, yeah, there's there's plenty of seats available. We'd love to have – it's going to – we're proud of what we've done. Mm-hmm. But, again, the more people we get in the building, um, first of all, they say if you've got 500 people in a building, probably one person is thinking suicide right now. That's the mm. statistics. Okay. But other than that, maybe we can uh, get people to walk out there and and shake a few hands and slap each other on the back. And but yeah, with the big turnout, it will show support for what we've done. But when I say we, show support to all these people that have worked three years on this, and uh, it will help us also promote the film as mm-hmm. we go to film festivals. That's the next step, is to try to take to film festivals and try to get distribution for this. A lot of people have been asking, are there DVDs? How mm-hmm. can we see it? But right. Right now we. We can't say when or where that would happen because we do hope to get a national distribution on it, which will, you know, get it out there for more people to sure. see. Yeah. But a successful premiere helps us do that. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we have the ticket sales. Uh, it doesn't go in my pocket. It goes into trying to promote the film. If mm. there's any left over, we're, we're spending some money on the premiere to make it right. But a successful premiere helps us promote the film because they see the, they see the turnout and they see the reactions. You know, we'll be doing interviews down front. What do you think about the film and all that? And uh, so a good turnout is going to be very, very helpful. Yeah. 
Is there anything else that locals can do to support you and the film and the, the, the overall project here? Or is the main thing just come to the premiere, pay attention to what's going on? Any, anything, any other way locals can? Sure. Um, yes, that's always kind of like trying to pass the offering plate on Sunday yeah. morning. You, do you have to do it? Um, number one, come to the premiere. Yes, yeah. buying it is a $25 ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right there can really help. And it helps in a lot of ways besides the income. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, there's ways to to uh, donate to the cause. We're not nonprofit. I want to make sure that's clear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not nonprofit, so it's not a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. But yes, there will be ways there at the premiere uh, to uh, to help out in that area if you want to. And, you know, if you can't make it, we, we just want a good turnout. Sure. But, but the other thing, if you do, if you can't make it and you say, well, I, I do, I think this is a good thing. Let's get behind this. Yeah. Uh, you can get a hold of me. You know, I've, uh, you know, through Messenger on all the promotion that's, that's online, my phone number is there. Um, you can call me, text me, email me, you know, that, and, okay, I guess we're gonna have to put your contact information on here. I guess so. <laughs> okay, but yeah, we, no, no doubt we won't turn that down. But the, okay. the the main thing, we'd love to get a turnout for the premiere. Wonderful. Okay, well, friends, that's all the questions I had for him. If you have more questions for him or you want to support him, uh, we'll put contact information for him on the show notes. Uh, we're gonna have links to the the trailer, the the company page, uh, and then. Any other information you want to know, you can you can contact Dane because I'm going to put everything on there that I know. I don't know anymore. Uh, but I'm really glad that you chose to watch this. I hope that you've found it interesting and worthy, especially if you're in the Nowata area. Consider ways in which you can find the time and the energy to learn the story of uh, just one chapter of history in, in this place that we live. Um, I'm really glad as, as pastor here to promote the history of Nowata and um, with the full belief that I... I 100% concur with you, Dane, that Jesus Christ, I'll say it a little bit firmer, is the way, the truth, and the life, and that that true healing happens through him. Yeah. And so I, I, neither one of us are ashamed to say that we're Christians, but right. we sure hope that this is a, a healing thing for people who aren't uh, aware of Christ, don't know the story, but just know that they need to hear a good story and potentially uh, receive a message of, of reconciliation and forgiveness. So... Dane, thank you for taking that. Oh, thank you. Uh, telling that story and taking this time to be here. It's really been a fun thing sitting down with you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks yes, so sir. much.